Book 10, Part 2, Chapter 3 of A Class Book of Old Testament History by G.F. McClear. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Cliff Stone of Sydney, Australia. A Class Book of Old Testament History by G.F. McClear. Book 10, Part 2, Chapter 3. Murder of Naboth, Battle of Ramoth Gilead. 1 Kings chapters 21 and 22, 2 Chronicles chapter 18, BC 898. Shortly after these events, an incident occurred which brought down upon Ahab and his house an awful doom. Adjoining his palace at Jezreel was a vineyard belonging to a native of the place named Naboth. Eagerly desirous to add the vineyard to his palace grounds and convert it into a garden of herbs, Ahab proposed to his owner to purchase it or give him in exchange another and even better piece of ground. This Naboth stoutly refused to do, alleging his unwillingness to part with the inheritance of his fathers. Leviticus 25 verse 23, Numbers 36 verse 8. Annoyed at this rebuff, the king returned to his palace and in his vexation flung himself on his bed, turned away his face, and would eat no bread. While in this mood he was visited by Jezebel, to whom he explained the cause of his vexation. She instantly resolved to take the matter into her own hands, and bade her lord trouble himself no more, she would give him the vineyard. Thereupon she wrote a warrant in Ahab's name, sealed it with his seal, and sent it to the elders of the city, directing that, as if on the occasion of some great calamity, a solemn fast should be proclaimed, that two men should be set up to charge Naboth with blasphemy against God and the king, and that then he should be stoned to death. Exodus 22 verse 28, Leviticus 24 verses 15 and 16. It is a striking proof of the degeneracy of the nation at this period, that the elders of Jezreel never for one moment scrupled about carrying out this inhuman order. Naboth was dragged forth, arraigned, condemned, and stoned together with his sons. See 2 Kings 9 verse 26. And the elders reported to the queen that the guilt of blasphemy against Jehovah and his anointed had been avenged. The vineyard had now lapsed to the crown, and Jezebel bade her lord to go down and take possession of it. But on proceeding thither, the king found himself confronted by no other than the great Elijah, who in words of utmost sternness denounced the late cruel murder and declared the sentence of the Lord. The king and all his house should share the fate of Jeroboam and of Baasha. His queen should be eaten by the dogs at the wall of Jezreel, and dogs should lick up his own blood on the very spot where they had licked up that of Naboth. Appalled at this awful sentence, Ahab rent his clothes, put on sackcloth, fasted, and displayed all the signs of a sincere repentance. Such as it was, it was accepted, and Elijah was bidden to announce to him that the punishment should not be inflicted during his own lifetime, but in his son's days it would surely descend upon his house. 1 Kings 21 verse 29 Meanwhile, the relations between the rival kingdoms of Israel and Judah had been more peaceful than at any other period, since they had parted sixty years before at Shechem. 
Not only were hostilities laid aside, but an alliance between the sovereigns was cemented by the marriage of Jehoram, son of Jehoshaphat, with Athaliah, the daughter of Ahab and Jezebel. Moreover, about the sixteenth year of his reign, B.C. 898, the king of Judah went on a visit to the court of Israel. He was received with every mark of distinction, and Ahab slew sheep and oxen in abundance for him and his retinue. Second Chronicles 18 verse 2 During this visit, the king of Israel took occasion to propose to his ally that they should undertake an expedition for the purpose of recovering Ramoth-Gilead, a strong fastness and the key to an important district east of Jordan, which Ben-Hadad I had wrested from Omri. Jehoshaphat expressed his willingness to take part in the expedition, but proposed that the will of Jehovah should first be ascertained. For this purpose, Ahab summoned about 400 of the prophets of his kingdom, who all advised him to go up, and assured him that the Lord would deliver the place into his hands. 1 Kings 22 verse 6 But this did not satisfy the king of Judah. He inquired if there was not a true prophet of Jehovah, at whose mouth they might seek counsel. Ahab confessed that there was one, Micaiah, the son of Imlah, but openly avowed that he hated him, because he never predicted good to him, but only evil. Jehoshaphat, however, overruled the objection, and Micaiah was summoned from his prison, where he had been confined by Ahab, probably for some disagreeable prediction. Meanwhile, the two kings, arrayed in their royal robes, sat at the entrance of Samaria, and the four hundred prophets standing before them persisted in their predictions of success. One of them, Zedekiah, the son of Canaanah, even made him horns of iron, and by this symbolic action assured the kings that they would push the Syrians till they had destroyed them. But Micaiah had the courage to differ from all. At first, indeed, he ironically assured the king of success. But when Ahab adjured him to speak the truth, he boldly affirmed that the prophets, in whom he trusted, were all filled with lying spirits, and that he was destined to fall in the campaign. This outspoken declaration brought down upon the faithful seer the mockery and scorn of the other prophets, and still greater severity from Ahab, who ordered him to be sent back to the city jail, and there fed on the scantiest fare. 1 Kings 22 verse 27 Then the two kings set out on the expedition, and on crossing the Jordan found that Ben-Hadad and his vassal princes were prepared to contest the possession of Ramoth. On this Ahab, the more surely to ward off a fate he too clearly divined, disguised himself while the king of Judah went into battle in his royal robes. The contest began, and the thirty-two captains of Ben-Hadad, acting on instructions they had received, bent all their efforts to slay Jehoshaphat, whom they mistook for the king of Israel. But his voice convinced them that he was not the man they sought, and they desisted from the pursuit. In spite, however, of his disguise, Ahab could not escape his doom. A certain man drew a bow at a venture, and the arrow pierced the joints of his breastplate. That the troops might not be discouraged, he was kept upstanding in his chariot till the evening, when he died. From the battlefield the corpse was then borne to Samaria, and there interred, while the bloody chariot was washed in the pool of the city, beside which Naboth and his sons had been murdered. Without a shepherd and without a master, the people were scattered abroad, 
and returned home defeated before their enemies. And the words of Elijah, 1 Kings 21 verse 19, and of Micaiah, 22 verse 17, were fulfilled. End of Book 10, Part 2, Chapter 3 Recorded by Cliff Stone of Sydney, Australia